I'm Romy Newman, the co-founder and president of Fairy God Boss, and this is Fairy God Boss Radio. Today, I am joined by two extraordinary women who are in the senior leadership at GoDaddy, Kasturi Mudulodu, who is their vice president of product management, and Demetria Elmore, who is their vice president of partners care. Kasturi and Demetria, welcome to Fairy God Boss Radio. Kasturi, I'm going to start with you. I'd love to hear a little bit about your background and your career journey. How did you get to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. I'm an engineer by training. When I was 18, I said to myself, I'm kind of interested in computer science. And I did my undergrad in computer science engineering. Totally loved it. And then I came to the US. I went to Northeastern University to do my master's in computer science. Again, totally loved it. Learned a lot. It was a great way to also know a lot about US and get more acclimated to the culture in US. I spent the first, I'll say about 10 years of my career in engineering roles. I started as a developer, became a team lead, and then managed pretty big teams in engineering, and then moved into product management for the last 10 years or so. And it has been an amazing ride both across my engineering as well as now product management days. Amazing. And Dimitri, how about you? How did you get to where you are today? So I am trained more as a storyteller. I grew up with a lot of writing and reading in my life, and I enjoyed writing plays. I loved learning history. I ended up being a history major in college and learned a lot about how to tell stories and what happened in empires and businesses in the past. And I just really enjoyed seeing like the rise and fall of businesses throughout history and and empires throughout history and how there are certain common patterns. I found it fascinating and ended up working at a nonprofit, the William Randolph Hearst Foundation after graduation. It was kind of supposed to be my like gap year gig before law school. And then I just kept seeing people from the business community, come to the nonprofit world and make decisions and get to make big decisions about how communities were led and how decisions for, you know, thousands of people would change. And I was like, I want to make those big decisions. (laughs) I want to go do that. And so I really switched gears then and decided I wanted to go to business school. And it was very green and naive and cocky, I'll be honest with you, like overly confident for someone who had no business experience, but, but learned very quickly, oh, this is how it works. And it's not that hard. It's just a whole different language and world that you need to spend some time learning about. And so I really just asked a bunch of questions and met some really great people who understood finance and business operations and sales and marketing and were open to sharing what was going on in their world. And I think that openness has helped me a lot in my career. Um, I ended up working at Boston Consulting Group after business school and you know learned very quickly. There are some businesses I love and some businesses I don't. All right, I need to be somewhere mission-driven. That's how I ended up at Marriott International. And worked in their strategy and operations team for eight years, loved it, had a great time. I loved being in the travel industry and kind of fell into the e-commerce space and learning more about Marriott.com and all of the nuances of this virtual world and how it was completely disrupting the travel industry and 
Airbnb started showing up and we were like, who are they? Well, what are they going to do? And lo and behold, they're a huge company now. And I found it fascinating and I wanted in. So I ended up joining Expedia in Seattle after that. And then just suddenly my career switched from travel to tech. Had a great time, learned a lot and worked with our, our CEO of GoDaddy while I was there and joined him when he came over to GoDaddy. So Dimitri, I want to ask you a little bit about these turning points in your career. Hmm. How do you know when it's time to jump on an opportunity? Leaving Marriott for Expedia, whether it's leaving Expedia to go with your leader to GoDaddy, how do you know that's the one you should say yes to? And you don't always know. And I will say that the best advice I've ever gotten is make sure that you're running towards something rather than away from something. And that's really like when my heart starts to sing about, ooh, I can do some great things over there. Ooh, they're doing something really exciting. That's when I'm like, yes, I got to jump on an opportunity. I'm sure we've all had those times where you're scrolling through LinkedIn because you're like, I'm bored. No, like something's wrong. Like take a pause, take a breath, like figure out like, how do I get the most out of this experience? Or how do I make sure that I'm getting the most out of my life in general? I think those turning points for me, like that point when I was 23 and said, you know, I want to go to business school, that was pivotal. That was me saying like, okay, this whole track that I had in the back of my head was very laid out and clear for me. I knew exactly what was going to happen. Business is you don't know. <laughs> like two years from now, things could be completely different and you just have to be willing to kind of look around and see what's going on and take that context in and learn more. And I think that's definitely important to me. And I will say that, you know, my father died when I was 15 and I think I didn't really know him. And I was really sad about that. And I remember thinking it's really important to me that one, I know my kids really well and whatever career I have has to allow me to do that. And two, you know, whatever I do has meaning because he died when he was 47 and I'm not that far away from that. And I think about that a lot and want to make sure that whatever I do is is making the most of this life that who knows how long it will be. Oh, I love that. And for sure. And I echo those sentiments. I'm going to come back to the work-life balance thing in a minute, but before I do Castoria, I wanted to ask you, you made your way like right into the lion's den, right? You've been a software engineer in Silicon Valley, and that has got to have been some journey, especially as a woman, especially as an immigrant woman of color. Can you talk to us a little bit about what it's been like and how you've decided to navigate roles? Yeah, certainly. You know, um, Romy, a lot of people have asked me, you know, how do you manage being a woman or has it changed how you think of your career? And the honest truth is it hasn't. Both in my engineering days and now in my product leadership days, there are so many meetings where I'm the only woman. And I remember early on, one of my teammates asked, hey, Kasuri, don't you find it a little intimidating that you're the only woman? in most of these meetings. And I said, wow, I never thought of it that way till you talked to me this morning. It doesn't hit me, right? I have been extremely fortunate in terms of the companies I worked for, the leaders that helped me get to where I am. And also to be honest, uh, Romy, it could also very well be that I'm an immigrant. And so being a woman is not as big as being an immigrant. I have seen myself making sure that I have the right opportunities at the right companies due to reasons such as my immigration status. And so maybe that took more attention than me being a woman. 
And of course, a lot has to be said about the leaders that you have in the organization. And I've been uh, pretty fortunate. And I think uh, now, of course, all of us need to create similar opportunities for people that we work with on a daily basis. For sure. Dimitri, can you talk a little bit about how being a woman of color has shaped your experience in the workplace? Oh, I was listening and I was like, man, I wish I had that experience of not noticing because I notice it all the time. Um, and I think I noticed it very early on in, in life. And again, being ignorant of how the business world worked, I don't think I realized what I was stepping into till you know, I stepped on my business school campus and realized, oh, I'm in this room, 90 people and I'm the only black female. I learned in life to pay attention to how many women are here or how many people of color are here or how many black people are there. I think that is an American thing. I'll be honest, more so than an immigrant thing. And I say that with two immigrant parents who don't do that. But given the dynamics of of American culture, I think it's something that you learn over time. It's interesting in my 20s, I think it didn't matter as much. I was kind of like, oh, I'm amazing. I'm this amazing woman. I'm stepping out and I'm doing these things. And yeah, there's 19 guys here, but I'm this amazing gal. And then somehow you get feedback along your career. And I, at least for me, I internalized it more than my male counterparts did. And I, I remember like agonizing over someone giving me terrible feedback or saying that I wasn't the best of the best of the best that I was used to hearing for most of my academic career. You know, now in retrospect, in my 40s, I can say like, oh, that's actually a pretty common thing that women are not used to getting that type of feedback and, you know, being able to pivot as easily as men are in in American culture, I would say. And I've learned how to take it and say, okay, well, that's your opinion. It took a long time for me to get there. I think most of my 30s, I was like, am I doing this right? Am I sure? Like that guy over there seems like he's way smarter than I am. And it was interesting to me that that wasn't the case in my 20s when, you know, in an academic setting, you don't have that dynamic. But when it's real life, something changes. And I don't know if it was me or culture or whatever it is, but I do remember going through a little bit of uncertainty in my 20s and, and early 30s. And you know, also becoming a parent at the same time. And, you know, there's that uncertainty of, am I doing this mom thing, right? And I'd say one of the best things about being in this stage of my career is that you kind of learn to quell those voice after you've had a few years in a track record of success, both as a parent, as well as someone in your career. There is an element, I think, of regaining your voice in your career. And you do it over and over when you leave a job or you, you take a new role of kind of losing it a bit and then saying, oh yeah, this is me again. I'm back. Remembering who you are in the present. Demetria, it's funny because I relate so much to everything you just said. And I don't know if it's because we found out we went to the same college and I've never thought about it in those terms, but I certainly had that same sense of kind of security or confidence coming out of the academic world that then stepping into practice in the corporate world was sort of disproven and more challenging and felt less equitable. And also you're going through it while you're trying to figure out how to navigate children and a career at the same time. And what does that look like? Really, really interesting. So now you are the leaders, right? So how do you think about impacting women at GoDaddy or in other places that are coming up through the ranks? There's so many small little ways that we can help women. You know, uh, it's funny, but my husband says, I think like a man. 
and uh, I, I don't know if he's praising me or <laughs> <laughs> categorizing that women think in a certain way. But the reason I share that is I have, just like Demetria said, I've become much more sensitive to how women always don't speak up in meetings when they have very good points to talk about. And that is something I've seen over the years. Brilliant women don't speak up in meetings. And in fact, sometimes even men don't speak up in meetings. It could be a matter of them thinking that people above me are speaking and so I shouldn't contribute in the meeting. So I become much more aware of simple things like that to say, hey, I would request my peers, my uh, superiors to give the folks a chance to speak in meetings uh, because the best of the ideas come from all of us. In fact, for the most part, come from team members that are much closer to the ground. Love it. Demetria, how about you? How are you thinking about helping advance women, advanced junior women at GoDaddy and beyond? There are a couple of things that I intentionally do. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story. When I worked at Marriott, most of us wore business attire. It's East Coast, more formal company. So, you know, the joke was we all look like Fox News anchors, like, you know, very uh, nice dresses with pearls, very conservative, you know, three inch high heels is what I wore every day. And then I had my daughter and my daughter only wore dresses. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, why do you only wear dresses? And she was like, well, mommy, that's what you wear. And I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, like I have my, my daughter's walking around and she's, you know, great that you're wearing a dress, but I, there was a sense that like, she felt like she had to, and that disturbed me. And I was like, oh no, we have to shut this down. And similarly, I used to straighten my hair and for the African-American community, straightening your hair is a big deal. It's, there's an element of saying that who I am is not okay or enough when you're straightening your hair to, to blend into the broader society. And I stopped doing it at the same time because similarly, I saw that my daughter was saying like, I want to get my hair straightened too. And I was like, no, your hair is beautiful. She's like, well, you do it. Um, And so having this mirror in my household was definitely helpful for me to see and to have this perspective of like, why am I doing these things? And I'm old enough and experienced enough in my career where I don't have to conform. I can actually set the bar. Um, And that was pretty enlightening for me that I could be that person at this stage of my life and career where I can say, okay, well, I know that's how it was, was, or that's what people tend to do, but this is who I am and I'm going to bring all of it to the table. And it takes a lot of, I, I would say, just trying things out for a while and seeing what was really me. Like I remember once being on a plane with my ex-husband and we got dressed in, in different rooms. I came out with a blue button down, gray pants and black shoes. And so did he. And I remember thinking like, what is this world where we're both wearing the same thing to work? Like, this is terrible. Like who am I myself? Like I'm not a blue shirt, gray black kind of gal. No, this is not who I want to be. I think coming to the tech world, one of the things I love about the tech space is you can play a little bit more. Like hoodies are okay. Flip-flops are okay. Um, uh, Tattoos and piercings are okay in a way that they aren't in more conservative environments. And now, you know, as these worlds are blending, like finance and tech are blending in a new way, suddenly, like, I remember going with Amon to uh, a bank meeting uh, when we were at Expedia, and he was adamant he was going to wear his sneakers, because when he was in the banking world, he couldn't. And similarly, like, I was like, should I straighten my hair? I don't know. Like, you know, we're, we're meeting with bankers today. And 
the fact that you don't have to have those conversations or those questions anymore, like I love being able to show this image of like, this is who I fully am. Like people can't see me right now, but I'm wearing a bright orange shirt. Like I, I can wear bright orange, thank you. <laughs> and my curly hair. And I try really hard to project an image that might be different from the norm. Uh, one of the funny things about my team is they've never seen me in person. Right? They've seen me virtually uh, on Zoom, but I, I joined GoDaddy in the midst of COVID. We've all been virtual. And I remember saying, you know, kind of offhandedly, I'm five three. And my team was like, what? You're five foot three. <laughs> we thought you were like six feet tall. And I was like, no, I speak tall, but I am in no way a tall person. And I think just being okay with like leadership comes in all shapes and colors and sizes. And, and that's just who we're going to be and accepting of that. I love that I get to portray this, you know, short black woman leading a, a team and that might not be normal today, but it will be tomorrow. And I make a, a very conscious effort to make sure that I'm bringing who I am and treating it as this is just us being normal people. Yeah. I think you both have demonstrated such a commitment to authenticity that will pave a path for others behind you for sure. So let's talk a little bit about work-life balance. Can you tell us about your life outside of work and, and how you think about achieving balance? Yeah, certainly. Uh, in fact, you know, one of the things I tell my friends, my colleagues is, I, I think balance is a heavy word. You know, mm -hmm. what does it mean to balance? Balance just, you know, has the implication that there are two things that are almost the same, <laughs> not, not necessarily, right? We spend a lot of hours at work, and I'm sure we all agree that none of us have a nine to five job. Right. It's uh, increasingly more demanding. You know, one of the things I do very consciously is even if I had more time, time is still limited. And we always want to do more than how much time we have to do those activities. So in, in my mind, I say to myself, what are the most important things that I need to work on? both on the personal front as well as work front. And then quite honestly, I mean, my husband and I, we put together what are the things that we need to do and who can take on which activity, whether it's dropping the kids off, picking them up or buying groceries or cooking right, and cleaning. We all have the same set of activities and we consciously make a decision on things that we are not going to spend time on. It's not only what we will spend time on, but what we will not spend time on. I have uh, a 15-year-old son and uh, a 12-year-old daughter. All four of us together make those choices. And now, of course, my son and daughter have also helped us with a bunch of chores around the house. I find that very helpful. You know, by no means can I be everything for everybody at all the times. And so how do I make sure I'm there at the right time, for the right reason, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, as an example, I love having, you know, chit chats with my friends, with my cousins, with my, you know, aunts and uncles. But just given the schedule, I don't always have time. You know, I'm, I'm not on any of the social media. And uh, I know it's okay. You know, if there are specific things, if there are birthdays I want to wish them, I have a calendar a reminder. 
and I send them a card, I talk to them. You know, it, it's important to say what you will do, but also what you will not do. And the reason why that helps me significantly is once you make that explicit, then you're not rethinking about mm-hmm. your choice. I remember when my kids were young, there would be a lot of uh, events at school where moms would bake cookies. And uh, given my schedule, I said, I'm going to buy some really good cookies. And I never felt odd or I never felt that I was doing less than what other moms were doing because it was very clear. And even back then, I would ask my kids, hey, is it okay if I buy some cookies and give it to you? And uh, I would say that my kids were also equally understanding and said, sure, mom. (laughs) So I I think it's uh, very important. I I love uh, Cheryl's lean in. I think as a family, we need to lean in and say, what can we as a family do to achieve our highest potential so that we don't have to second guess any of the decisions that we make? I love it. I agree. I always say we're not going to invent the 25th hour, right? So how do we make good use of those 24 that we've got? And no one cares if we buy the cookies. (laughs) (laughs) As long as they taste good. I love that you said there for the right reasons, because that's so important. Like you want to be sitting there saying like, oh, I'm so glad I made it. So I'm glad, I'm glad you called that out. And I think there's a lot of trial and error with, you know, trying to do things, whether you have kids or not, um, you know, figuring out well, what's more important to me at this time. And, and then I think there's a moment of like, you just have to learn how to feel it. And I realize I, I've spent a lot of time really trying to get back in touch with like, did that feel good? Like that, that sensation you had as a 10 year old, just riding your bike, like, you know, that feeling, Do you, are you getting that feeling from this moment? Um, and, and making sure that like that goodness is coming if you're not, and it's like, all right, well, it's time to check out of this and do something else. Or, um, you know, maybe 14 meetings in a day is insane. Like, let's not do that again. Let's make sure that we're, we're blocking out the time. So that you're not grumpy when you're coming home after those 14 meetings. And I think that that for me has just been getting really clear on what fills me up and, and how to get that, that filling. Um, and even if I'm sitting in the, you know, the PTA meeting, if I'm sitting there, I'm doing it because I recognize that this is important and there's something I want to add. If I'm just sitting there because I don't want to be mommy shamed, let it go, let it go. <laughs> like there is no point in wasting that time. Um, and I will say, I also have the the pleasure of having my mom live with me. Super helpful. She's been so integral in, in my life. And, and, you know, my kids now have three generations to learn from, um, which is great. Um, so it's it's lovely to have that that support network. Uh, if you had told me in my 20s, I was going to live with my mom, I was like, you're crazy. No way. <laughs> once, once I had children, I realized, you know, you, you, you need more than just this nuclear family concept. This nuclear family to me, it makes life very hard if you don't have a, an extended support network. So very grateful for her. All right, ladies, I'm going to move to what we call our fast five. We'll go first to Kasturi. Kasturi, what is your favorite karaoke song? It's a new song uh, from a Telugu movie called Love Story. I don't know that song. No, I got to look this up. Well, look it up. Love Story. Demetria, how about you? Uh, mine is Proud Mary by Tina Turner. Crowd pleaser. You got to dance with it. You don't have to be able to sing. You just got to move. Right. And I feel like there's a very specific <laughs> dance that goes with it. Too. 
Kastori, what is your favorite way to practice self-care? I love going for a long run. Uh, one of the things that I'm really enjoying these days are group fitness classes called Orange Theory. Oh, people love Orange Theory. You are not the first person to mention that. And uh, at home, uh, I like cooking a new day. I love, you know, watching, even if it's a boring movie, just watch a movie and relax. Yeah. That's great. Dimitri, how about you? How do you practice self-care? Self-care Sunday. So uh, it's something that in the, the show Insecure, I didn't make it up, um, but it's something that they do as a, as a girlfriend bonding thing. And I, I think I I didn't realize I'd gotten the idea from that show. I just started doing it. and was like, wait, Sunday seems to be my day where I go for a long run. I, you know, I do the, the fun of detangling my hair, which is a three-hour event for a Black female. Um, and and uh, just spending time like, cooking at home and that's like that that works for me like I've tried really hard to protect that day is no we're not going to do a whole bunch of running around or play dates like this is a day for being having a little bit of freedom love it and you're both runners huh <laughs> Kasturi who's a celebrity you'd like to have dinner with Tom Cruise interesting definitely the first time he's <laughs> come up on this show yeah. <laughs> can you tell us why or would you prefer not to <laughs> when I came to U.S. I started watching his movies and, and by the way I came to U.S. when I was 20 and then watched a lot of his movies when he was much younger thought uh, yeah, you know he is a great actor and uh, yeah he's a celebrity that I like in the U.S. yeah love it all right Demetria how about you Living Oprah, I just want to get a glimpse of, are you really like this? Yeah. How did you just build this life and this world? I, I just want to ask her thousands of questions. Yeah, yeah, she is incredible. <laughs> and I will confess, I've had the opportunity to meet Gail King a couple of times. And nice. she is really real. So I imagine her bestie, Oprah, also is. Kastori, wow. <laughs> what's a book you'd recommend to our audience? I was uh, listening to Demetria and I'm reading a book called The Art of Inspiration. Uh, I, I will say I'm not a storyteller like Demetria. And uh, I found this book to be quite uh, helpful. You know, as we become leaders, it's important uh, to motivate people, not just by our passion, but uh, there are so many ways uh, to inspire people. So I'm enjoying the book. Great. Demetria, how about you? I would say business book grit by Angela Duckworth is always my go-to. Yeah. Like I just think she does a great job of telling stories and giving you science at the same time that really helps me when I'm looking for, to your point on the art of inspiration. Like I go to her book all the time for inspiration as like, Oh yeah, I remember that story. What was that story again? Oh yeah. That one. I'm using that one in my next team meeting. Uh, and I think she just does a really nice job of making it readable and relatable and still like breaking down like here's how you you persevere and drive together in an organization the next question is i think the hardest one i'm going to ask you it goes like this so at fairy god boss we've observed that women are just not as good talking about our achievements or bragging as men are and we want to help change that. We think women should feel confident and excited about talking about our achievements. So I'm going to put each of you on the spot and ask you to role model for us. Talk to us about your achievements. Brag for us about you. Castori, I'm going to ask you to do that first. Sure. 
I loved doing computer science as an engineering major. I aced it. I was my college topper and uh, went to do my master's. I was the topper again. I uh, was also elected as the best teaching assistant uh, during the time I was there. And even as I was doing my master's, I got internship at uh, Macromedia, which is now Adobe. It was fun. I was there for a couple of months and they offered me a full-time job. This was the time where uh, we were all going through a rough patch, 2002, and I had multiple offers, uh, loved it. I joined a company with less than five people. I actually built most of their systems from ground up uh, within months. Did it all front and back and you name the stack, I, I knew it. And uh, from there, I joined a company at the age of 24. I started leading teams and uh, on my 29th birthday, I became the vice president of product management and I loved doing product management, learned a lot. I didn't go to a business school. I learned it on the job. I loved truly thinking of not the how, but the what as I moved into product management. When I took on product management, the very first initiative I liked was to define a brand new space in payments called payment facilitation. I was the first. I, in fact, was the one who termed the term PayFAC, and it is uh, a term that uh, the whole industry uses now. The product that I built became the fastest growing product and became the fastest growing line of business, not only for the 200 people company I worked for, but the acquired company called Vantiv, now WorldPay. It is still one of the fastest growing, not the only fastest growing business for Vantiv WorldPay. And I joined Point, one of the most amazing experiences where I was given the opportunity to not only lead product, but also be the general manager, where I learned to do sales, marketing, operations, in addition to product, and grew the business from zero to 100 million in one year. And uh, I will say along uh, all of that, I am very proud to be a mom of two amazing kids and I have an amazing husband as well. My son, you know, he was identified as a gifted kid when he was very young. Both my kids, the values that we truly believe in are kindness, reason, and hard work. The thing that makes me really proud when I look back, are how my kids see me and my husband on a daily basis and truly learn to be kind, work hard to accomplish their dreams, and always take things that come to life with reason, right? It's uh, easier to manage when you are in that Zen moment by truly reasoning things. So, yeah. Brava, Kasturi, that was amazing. And I think the book is working because you really inspired me. Seriously, you said you're not a storyteller. That was amazing. Good job. I feel like I need a fan. That was hot, just hot stuff over here. Demetria. Ah, sure. All right. Well, that was good. I'll, I'll give you that one. That, that was pretty impressive. Um, I'd say um, I have two Ivy League degrees, uh, one from Yale, one from Harvard. I had a great time, both of those world, learned a lot academically, and then hit the brutal reality of the real world and learned, oh, there's a lot going on here. And 
had an amazing time um, from Boston Consulting Group as a consultant, learning about lots of different uh, types of businesses, and then uh, working my way through Marriott as someone who um, was willing to learn from lots of different people about operations and strategy and marketing and finance and being able to put all the different parts together. And in that career, built a life for myself as someone who is really good at connecting the dots and building teams to sell together. And that differentiated me early in my career. And it's something that I've pulled into all of my career experiences of being someone who can tell stories and get people excited and drive towards a common goal. And I've taken that from Marriott to you know, a big career switch into the tech world at Expedia and um, move from you know, more high level operations and strategy to like really digging in there with this is how you run a tech customer service team. And I've loved it. I've really loved the fact that I can bring a care for people into a business environment. I thought those were mutually exclusive and they're not. And it's nice to know that you can truly care about your customers, care about your teams and still be kick ass in the business world. Uh, So I I love that I have a a great team of people that I work with. I lead a team of 1,200 people at GoDaddy around the world. They are amazing. They bring their best selves every day. And people always talk about GoDaddy's customer service as the secret sauce of the company. And I am on a mission to make sure it's not secret. My team's amazing. They have some of the highest NPS customer service scores in tech overall, um, not just at GoDaddy or uh, in our space. So I love that. I love that our customers respond to the fact that we care. And I push myself and my team to really make sure that we're not just thinking about what's important right this second, but we're really actually doing stuff that we're proud of, that our families will be proud of, and that matters. And like I said earlier, like it's important to me that what I do matters and I'm, I'm coming here showing up as such every single day. So I'm delighted to be part of the GoDaddy family. And I'm really grateful for the fact that I've had so many people believe in me over my lifetime, not just career wise, but personally. And it's it's a joy to be able to show them what they invested in and say, look, guys, you know, this, this is us. We all came here together and I have a great network of friends. And I don't think we talked about that, but I, I think it's so important that you have women that you can go to and say, here's what's going on in the business world, in my life, in my career, and and being able to be open about what's going on in your world and, and to have support from an amazing co-parent with uh, my ex-husband, Steve, my my two children and my mom and a great community of people who care about each other. So I'm, I'm very grateful for that. And, you know, I've been very privileged and uh, it's wonderful to me to be, you know, someone who came from a one bedroom apartment in Brooklyn to a, a very different lifestyle now and being able to say that uh, I've had so many wonderful opportunities in my life. Well, you're both incredibly impressive, and I feel pretty honored to be able to be here with you. So given all of these amazing accomplishments, if you had one last thought to leave with our audience, just overarching, most essential piece of career advice you want to give the Fairy God Boss audience, uh, what would that be? Dimitri, I'll, I'll go to you first. Take a risk. Mm-hmm. Like, be really like trust yourself, even if you don't get it right. 
the fact that you took that risk will live with you forever and you will always remember and learn from that and do better the next time around. That particularly to women, be willing to take that bold move. It's okay. I promise you it's okay. And it will turn out better if you take it. Great advice. Kasturi, last piece of advice. I have the same advice, actually. Take oh. risk. Trust me, when you're 80, if you have things that you want to pursue, taking a risk, even if you fail when you're 80, you'll feel good about it. And by the way, every risk you take, you will learn from it. Hmm. You will get up. You will learn how to take the risk in a better way next time. But taking risks, taking chances are important. Trying new things, getting out of your comfort zone is important. There's so much that uh, you can do and you know it and uh, you just need to go do it. Amazing. Kasturi Mudalodu, Dimitri Elmore from GoDaddy, both of you has been just inspirational spending time with you both today. Thank you very much for being on Fairy God Boss Radio. Thanks for joining us today on Fairy God Boss Radio. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and visit us at fairygodboss.com. See you next time.